Hello everybody, it's Tuesday morning, just before noon, I'm going to come and do a session here on the description of the faith of Jesus Christ and a better understanding of the faith of God. I want to welcome my podcast friends, I want to welcome my Facebook friends, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio uh, we're ready to study the Word of God. Know that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through direct messaging, Family Fellowship Chapels Facebook. I want to thank God today. My sister has, uh, Ellen has, uh, God has moved in a very marvelous way for her, and we're thanking God for that. Uh, we're excited about what God has opened on her behalf and looking forward to a, a new part of her journey. want to remind you that Sunday morning, Everett Easter, we'll be speaking at Family Fellowship Chapel. And on Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, uh, Juliana will begin a women's Bible study. want to invite all of you to come and join her for that. And then don't forget, the 1st of March, we'll be changing YouTube channels to Mike Springston Ministries FFC. We hope that all of our listeners on YouTube will come over and join uh, the YouTube channel, uh, Mike Springston Ministries FFC. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us, and then let us be changed by applying it to our lives. Jesus, speak to us out of the Spirit of God. Show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. As you do, we will receive it. Release it to your people. Thereby, we'll be blessed, changed, transformed, translated, corrected, made to be more in the image of Jesus Christ. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. As we begin today, I want to help you understand why Paul used the phrasing that he did to describe the life that he said that he now lived as being lived by the faith of Jesus Christ. The faith of Jesus Christ, my friends, was built on a promise, and I'm going to show you some things today I hope will bless to you. That promise is provided to him by God, and it's recorded for us in Psalms chapter 16, division 16. He says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always upon me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. Now, this is recorded, the recorded promise that was given to Jesus, the man who was in the Godhead before the foundation of the world. His flesh was able to come into this world and rest in peace, in hope. In other words, his faith was developed upon the fact that he could have peace, that when his plan of God completed, 
that he would be returned to sit at the right hand of God. He would build faith upon this fact, and uh, here's a beautiful part. When he needed counsel, he would find hope in his flesh from the counsel that was extended to him during the night seasons. Well, Jesus, as we know, prayed under any and all circumstances. He prayed all night. He prayed before doing works. He prayed over people. He consistently was found in the council of prayer. In Luke 6, 12, we specifically see him in prayer at night. His next action after having gone through the night prayer and obviously having received counsel, advice, was to pick the disciples of whom he would number 12 to follow him. This idea of counsel at night was the means by which his flesh found hope. As Hebrews defines faith, it is defined this way. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In Jesus' night vigil, we see hope, advice, and counsel that resulted in evidence. He sought God for a specific need, and God responded with an answer. Twelve men to be sought out to serve as his disciples and ultimately his apostles. Now there are a few promises in Psalm 16 for which Jesus was able to build his faith upon. Now I'm going to show you during this where Jesus became the author and how he became the finisher. Number one, the Lord has given me counsel. That means advice and instruction. My reins or my, my mind, he instructs. He visits me in the night seasons. I have committed to the Lord. The Lord is on my right hand and uh, is always there. He shall not be moved from his position. I am glad and rejoice in these facts. My flesh will rest in the hope of the truths of which I have believed. Where I go, I know I will not remain because I will not be corrupted. Because even in my going, I am still the Holy One. You will show me the path of life. For in your presence, the twelfth promise, is a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures. Those pleasures are eternal. Fourteen promises listed in those four verses that Jesus began to be the author and the finisher of his faith. These promises build his faith and upon that building of these 14 promises, Jesus' flesh was able to rest in hope. These promises were produced in Jesus as he came to the earth. They were produced in him as he ministered to the people of God. How did he do it? He spoke into his mind. So we see more promises, but there is, uh, also the promises that are given to him in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 13. Thou wentest forth for salvation of thy people even for the salvation of thy anointed. Thou woundest the head of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation unto the neck. Selah. This promise tells us 
that God, what God was doing in Israel by the salvation or the person, Yeshua. He was the salvation of God. He was the anointed one. But here is the ultimate promise of which Jesus came and went into the flesh. That promise made by Habakkuk as he prophesies concerning the anointed one who is the salvation of God, that the anointed one would wound the house of the wicked, that he will do so by discovering the foundation, going into the very foundation, the core that created wickedness, and then going from the core of the foundation all the way to the neck. That's what Jesus Christ did as he went to the cross and was made to be sin. Then he went to the tomb and then into the region of the damned where he went all the way to the neck and took the keys of death and hell. This prophecy provides proof that the promises written in Psalm 16 are absolutely true. Jesus went into the house of the wicked while he walked among earth and among man and among the core of the deeds of the master of the prince of the power of the air, the principalities and rulers of darkness in high places. Jesus went directly into the house of the wicked, the wicked, while he walked among those in the earth. He discovered the absolute devastating nature of the arena in which he walked. He then went into the region of the damned, and there he finished that discovery. As he did, he defeated all of it rose from its grips and became the righteousness of God because of it. Now, I want you to get the concept. He was made sin. I want you to see that Jesus operated on the promises of God and that he authored faith of which Paul declares that he is now living by. Then Paul begins to share with us the platform of faith. What will that faith do? It will give hope to the flesh. When will it minister? When we learn of Christ. How will we access it? By learning Christ correctly. We will learn to pray. We will learn how to pray. We will learn to pray in his name. How will we learn to do that? Well, we'll follow him in his journey just as he followed the journey that God laid out before him. Where is our promise that our faith will be active and present, operative and functional based upon a promise? Huh. If that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea and amen, under the glory of God by us. Followed by, by this, watch what he says in verse 21. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotion that I spare to you 
I came not as yet into Corinth. In other words, I didn't keep anything back from you. Now, for that we have dominion, not rather, for that we have dominion over your faith. Huh. Well, where did dominion come from? But are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. Now, who establishes you? Well, we are in Christ and anointed by God. Who seals you? We are in Christ and anointed by God. Who has given you the earnest of the Spirit in your heart? We are in Christ and anointed by God. These two eternal members of the Godhead. Who now has dominion over your faith? The Father and the Son. What is the result of their dominion? We stand by faith. Now, how was dominion declared so that our faith could stand on a new dominion? Because remember, God gave man dominion and man turned it over to the devil. So God had to insert Jesus Christ to recover dominion. So how has God declared for there to be a dominion that is going to be such that our faith can stand upon that and that that dominion offers us and keeps promises to us that establish you, anoint you, seals you, gives you the heart of, uh, of the Spirit, produces joy in you. Well, that dominion was produced when Jesus Christ was declared Lord. He stepped through the smoke, glory to God, entered into the tabernacle, went through the smoke, came into the throne room of God. They stood and cried, Holy, 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 worthy is the Lamb. And God said, You are the exalted one. And I'm giving you a name that is above every name, and it'll have dominion over all three worlds. You are the Lord, Jesus Christ. That dominion was produced and declared in him. Now what do we see? Well, we see how God produced the one who authored faith. We saw that as it came out from Psalm 16 and Habakkuk 3. But we also see the one who finished faith. He did so by promise. Now we see how he authored it. But you're going to say to me, Mike, exactly how did he finish it? Well, in Psalm 16, verse 8 tells us, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I shall not be moved. Then in verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The first clue in Paul's writing is in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. It is the clue of dominion. That's a clue that tells us how he finished faith. That could not have been completed absent of Jesus entering into the throne room of God and being declared Lord. In this capacity, he is the one 
who is exactly one step from the conclusion of the process of which he was promised in Psalm 16, verses 8 and 11. And then we look into Acts chapter 2, and what do we see? We see him going away. We see him received into the clouds, into that Shekinah glory of God. Then what do we see? We see Peter preaching, that man seated at the right hand of majesty who has sent unto you the gift of the Holy Spirit. God has opened the door to not only author it, but finish it in Jesus Christ. Paul declares that the faith that was authored now stands. That's what he says in the last verse. He says that that faith upon which ye stand, in other words, the one who has authored it, is in his final place to make sure that it stands for eternity. He is returned to the position of the right hand of God as the man in the Godhead bodily. So the relationship to the origin of faith, of the faith of Jesus Christ, is very clear. It is based upon promises. Now watch this, because this is going to clear up some of the issues concerning the disposition of his position regarding faith. Those promises are settled, my friend, in heaven. He has done all that will ever be done or all that could ever be required to be seated in his original position. God was faithful to his promises to him. Now he sits to operate the promises that were won by the work of Jesus Christ and that are given to him to be distributed as his promises that are yea and amen to those who will live by his faith. He is not at all slack, my friend, to respond and to bless those who are living by his faith. The issue is we have really come into his faith. We're not taught to do so. We are taught to remain hemmed in by a faith that is unqualified to accomplish the things that the faith of Jesus Christ in his position as the man in the Godhead bodily is well prepared to bestow, to distribute, and to share with those who are willing to live by his faith. Knowing this now, we must begin to stretch ourselves beyond this earthy faith. Now, that we understand the faith of God, how Jesus has told us to operate in that faith of him by the faith of Jesus Christ. Now we must understand how to operate in what Jesus declared to be the God kind of faith. It is there for us to possess. Many have made it as if it is inaccessible, but it is extremely accessible. Our journey of having the God kind of faith that is operated by the faith of Jesus Christ is right in front of us. Go back to Psalm 16. We'll start our journey there. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. I will bless the Lord. I will worship the Lord. I will give honor and praise. My friend, you cannot do that 
unless you have been made to be something that you are not. If you have been made to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then you can begin a worship process that's going to bring you into the tabernacle of God, usher you into the throne room of God by His Lordship, give you the privilege of using His name, operating in your environment against those five things and then being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that baptism being done so that you can have the advantage and the profit in this life. But we will never be able to bless His holy name and bless His Lordship until we come out of the earthy and enter, be made His righteousness. Now I'm going to show you something in a minute. I'm going to introduce it to you now. God made Jesus Christ to be who we were. He made us to be, he made him to be sin. That's who we were. But God did something at the end of the earthy journey of Jesus that we have never understood. He made by the force of the actions of Jesus Christ. Now when he made him sin, that was a force of the actions of God upon Jesus Christ. And those actions ministered, created sin, heaped it on him at the cross, carried him all the way through the rest of his earthy actions. He was made by the force of sin to have to do the journey of which he did. But he did it by faith. He did it under a promise, and that promise was that he was holy and would not see, be corrupted in hell. Now, I've said this before, I'll say it again. That's why no bone of his body was broken because his spirit that was holy was never corrupted. Now, as we journey with Jesus from the cross to the tomb and are delivered, God does something at the back end of Jesus' earthly ministry we've never understood. He made us to be something that we could not be. He made us by the force of the faith in the actions of Jesus Christ and the replications of the Holy Spirit, by that force, he made you to be something you could have never been otherwise, and you became the righteousness of God. Think about that. At the front end, he made Jesus to be what we were. At the back end, he made us to be what Jesus is. Now, if we remain at the front end, we never get to the back end and we're never delivered into the kingdom of his dear son. We never become citizens because the force of his actions cannot be accomplished in us and established in us and sealed in us until we are delivered from the sin nature. Can't be done. He was made and we are trying to remain in the place where he was made to be like us. But God provided a plan. And that plan was that we would journey with Jesus and at the back end of his earthly life we would be made by the force of what Jesus accomplished in being delivered out of hell to be made to be righteous and to become the children of God, the heirs to the throne, the brethren sanctified of Jesus Christ and now operating in this life by his faith. Ha! What a revelation! But we don't hear it because we're still circling 
the place where God made Jesus sin. Well, my friend, here's what he says in, my, in Psalm 16, 7. We identify now that there is a speaker here that is counseling those who are blessing the Lord. That's important because that means that you've crossed the bridge of righteousness, been, uh, grace, been uh, led by truth into righteousness, and now you know him as Lord. And there is a speaker there, and he is counseling or advising you. We also identify where this speaker is bringing his advice to. It's into the mind of the hearer. While speaking, he is also providing instruction. Look at the next verse. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. In verse 8, we identify from where he speaks. He is seated on the right hand of God. Paul, Peter taught us that in Acts chapter 2. He is in absolutely no position to ever again be moved. What's that saying to me? He is where he is. He is instructing from the highest point of the universe and he has done absolutely everything that will ever be done to establish you and allow you to stand by faith. But your faith must be by him. Then we can easily identify how when counsel is spoken, instruction being given from the highest position in the universe, that that causes and brings the flesh into absolute rest. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Even though I am in an absolute corrupt place and among those that I am living, they are very corrupt, they are operating in the principalities and the powers of darkness that are of the highest order, I will be at peace because I know that I will not be left there. I'm going to operate on a spiritual plane while I'm operating among the earthy and I'm never going to be there. I'm never going to live without hope. I'm never going to operate without manifestation. I'm never going to worry about what's going on in my world because I have a counsel from the Lord who I bless, who I honor, and who I worship that gives me advice. How did I get there? Very simply, I was made into being something by the force of a man's action. And whenever I was made that, I was translated into a new kingdom. This is beautiful, my friend. Even though I am in and among a corrupt environment, I won't be left there. So the faith of God is a faith that speaks from instructions that are given to a man through his mind, as we see in Genesis 1, this speaking has been in action from the foundation of the world. We also see that as the speaker speaks from his throne, there is a corresponding agent or person who is executing the actions that are spoken. Now Jesus told us precisely how to operate in the faith of God. 
He did so in John 16. Here's what he said between verse 13 and verse 15. He said, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive a mind, and he shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath a mind, therefore said I, that he shall take a mind and show it unto you. What are you seeing? What are you hearing in these scriptures? You're hearing the exact replication of the conditions that were expressed by God towards Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has gone back into his position as the man in the Godhead to become the speaker. Who is he using to speak? The Holy Spirit. Who is doing the speaking? Jesus Christ, the man in the Godhead, who is seated at the right hand of majesty. What is he saying? He's saying words that cause a follower to be given counsel and advice that causes him to profit with all and gives him hope in his flesh. Things that will give counsel and advice. We see it as being guided and brought into truth. That's how Jesus defined it. We also see, see it as being counseled about the things that are to come. Jesus used this counsel to show him in his ministry of life, how to deal with all sorts of life-related incidences in his ministry. We are now, my friends, privileged by the faith of Jesus Christ and by the God kind of expression of faith to do the exact same thing, have the exact same guidance, leading counsel and instruction. What else is he doing? He's speaking concerning the giving of things. Now watch it here. The giving of things that are specifically his to give. Well, we told you what that was. 2 Corinthians 1.20, every promise in him is yea and amen. He is giving those things by this faith product and they are done to glorify him because he is in position to be able to give them. Now, why is this? Well, simple. He promised you, the hearer, that he would give these things to you. So he is glorified in his faithfulness. This condition we're talking about is a condition that is equal to the faithfulness of his Father. So he speaks. He distributes. He ministers. That's great. Now here's the correlation that must be in place. We are living by his faith. His faith was on the promises of God. Since we live by his faith, our faith must also be based on promises, and those promises are all in Jesus Christ by his faith. He is now speaking his instructions into our development of the faith of which he offered, and the faith of which I have proven to you that he is finished. 
So what is the outcome? When he speaks, the Holy Spirit is activated to speak his words. Now this has been the means that transformed, built, engaged the complete world, all the events from the very beginning. But now, you and I, my friend, are included in this. The Holy Spirit who abides in us has become the agent of transformation. We simply have to speak the counsel of which the Holy Ghost has spoken to us. He has spoken to the Holy Spirit to produce the counsel and the instruction that profits you and gives you the advantage of his faith's operation in us. Luke 2, 12, 12 and 12, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. What do we say then? Well, we simply say what the Holy Ghost speaks. What happens? Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 26 tells us, Jesus said unto them, If you have the God kind of faith, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shalt not doubt in his heart. How can he? Because the promises of God have given in his heart the expression of the Holy Spirit. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, then you will be able to operate in a bitch mark that tells you you've been made righteous. What? You will be forgiving those that you might have out against when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. The issues of the affairs of this life shrivel up, my friend, like the fig tree and die. This is the God kind of faith that was mastered by Jesus All he did was pass that faith on to us. But we cannot get into this condition of faith if we continue to use the earthly faith that was designed to bring you into a position of self-control and then follow the journey of Jesus until you were made to be righteous. In being made to be righteous, you took on a whole different content of faith by Jesus Christ and the faith that was able to be spoken, the God kind of faith. Now, lastly, why is there a difference in the faith models? Now watch this. Because Jesus' faith was not required to be used for the purpose that one who is birthed of sin had to use it for. Jesus was made sin. We were born and shaped in iniquity. Therefore, the model of faith that was required to produce our change and ultimately come into the place where we would be transformed was a faith that was in tune with that need. Jesus' faith generated from his position of which in his spirit he never relinquished. Psalm 16 tells us that he was never moved 
in his spirit man from that position at the right hand of God. Our entrance into him as the righteousness of God was done by the same means of which Jesus Christ was made sin. It was not who he was. It was the condition that was required for him to be able to both atone and redeem mankind. We came in now on the back end of this journey, of his earthly journey. We had to be made something that we could not be made without a divine action. He was made sin by the force of the action of God for which a sacrifice had to be. He had to be made sin. We are made righteousness by another force of the action of God for which our entrance into the kingdom of his dear son where our operation of faith by Christ that enabled us to use the God kind of faith was also required. Our faith operated on a scale that was required to bring us to the place where he made us to operate in his standard. Now then we move into the kingdom and we function from his faith. The result of the function of his voice speaking through the Holy Spirit into our mind. We, the outcome is we use his faith as the faith of God to speak to the issues of the affairs of our life and they bow and they become situations and circumstances in which we easily are able to navigate walk through and walk across. We find still waters. Glory to God. We find peace, refreshing, comfort. We rest in the hope as he manifests the promises that are his to produce. And we walk by him. And then we speak words into our world and they manifest. God minister to us, I pray, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless all of you that have joined me, those of you that will join me. I apologize, but I had it, I wanted to finish this part of this topic. May God richly bless you is my prayer. On Facebook, we'll see you tomorrow night at Wednesday night Bible study. My friends on podcast, find him as Jesus, Lord. There you'll find him in the means to operate in the powerful use of his name. Find him as the man in the Godhead bodily, and there you'll find him as the one who will speak. I show you great and mighty things that are to come. God bless you until we speak again.